doctorate, teaching, family, uh, being a great husband, community activists, just a lot, right? And I know you talked about it, but if you could sum it up, like, what is it that is allowing you to be able to manage your time properly? Like, what, what is that secret sauce? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Simsation Nation. We've got another fantastic topic today, and it is the topic of time management. Time is something that we never have enough of. And I was just like, who is the best person to bring on Simsation Nation to talk about the subject of time management? Why? Because not only has this individual had an amazing and successful military career, achieving the rank of colonel, and who knows how far else he'll go. He's achieved the rank of colonel, had an amazing military career. He's earned a doctorate. So he's colonel slash doctor. He has a very large family that is very well put together, has been very successful, and he's just managing and handling all of these things. He's taken time to do his own podcast. He's taken time to come on my podcast. He does stuff in the civilian community. And I just don't know how he finds the time to do it all. And, you know, a lot of times you see people juggling a lot of things and you're just like, one of those things is going to drop, but he doesn't. He's just like, bring on another one and just keeps juggling everything. And uh, this is something that I need to learn about. And he is something that I can, uh, he's something that something, someone that can teach me about it, help me with my time management. And I think this is going to be beneficial to the viewers and listeners as well. So without further ado, Colonel Dr. Gumbo Coglin, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Shooter. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to join this August uh, podcast. It's uh, pretty awesome. You know, I've, you and I've known each other almost five years now and yes, uh, always been impressed with you. And, and, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't start this out by saying congratulations. We recently found out you were going to be Lou, Lieutenant Colonel in the world's greatest Air Force. You were once an enlisted Marine, once an enlisted Airman, and now you're going to be a Lieutenant Colonel. And so, you know, just, just amazing. And so it's, it's, uh, it's truly a privilege to share time uh, with you because you were on a meteoric rise in your career and, uh, and, uh, it's pretty awesome to be here. And, uh, you know, we talked before we got on here, uh, uh, about, you know, who you are out of uniform and, you know, I'm jealous of your passport. Like, I, you know, <laughs> you and your bride, uh, go to these amazing places. The only time I can get there is on my treadmill, uh, uh, I fit and I run around the world that way. And, uh, uh, but I look forward to getting on social media because uh, I follow you on Instagram and Facebook and getting to see where you and your bride uh, take your love of, of travel to. And uh, it's pretty awesome. It's like uh, getting to read a new book every time I go to see <laughs> uh, Well, thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that for sure. I just, uh, you're right. It has been a great week. Uh, I got back from Italy after two weeks in Italy for from a professional trip, and I took my phone off of airplane mode, and the exact very first email that popped in was an email telling me that I had made lieutenant colonel. So it was an exciting landing for sure. Yes, indeed. 
So, sir, I, I want to dive into this time management thing. You know, I brag about you all the time, not just on the introduction for this podcast, but, you know, just just in general. Um, and so I wore this shirt for, for a reason. You know, it's all about time and we'll get into the whole clock watching thing and all that good stuff as well. But aside from the obvious of time management being the management of time, I wanted to hear from someone ex- as, as experienced as yourself. What does time management mean to you? Yeah, so so to me, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of books out there, a lot of research. I'm sure ChatGPT 4.0 can give you a great explanation. <laughs> um, it, I think it's a little bit of a varsity. Um, it's really about priority management, right? So yeah, you're right. You're not going to get more time. You get 24 hours in a day. Everybody has their own opinion um, about what to do with that time. There's different math formulas out there. Matter of fact, when I was on the air staff, we received a email from the vice chief telling every general officer in the Air Force how to how to manage their time. But to me, ultimately, it comes down to priority management. And you'll hear things like, I need you to have work-life balance. And, and I, we're going to get into that a little bit later, and I'll, I'll give you my, my touch points on that. But it's really about what do you prioritize at what time and for how long? Because other people are going to have demands on your time. Other things are going to have demands on your time. But at the end, there's only one you, thank mm. goodness. Um, although you are incredibly amazing as a human being, I'm glad there's only one shooter. <laughs> right. uh, but, you know, um, to me, it's it's really more about priority. I think the definition of time management for, you know, because that was your uh, initial question, is how do you garner the most value out of the time you commit to each Thing that you do. Mm. Uh, and you know, some of that might be 20 minutes of doing nothing, but you might garner the most benefit of your day during that 20 minutes. Mm. Mm. I will say, um, you hear it very in perspectives. Uh, I know people like that. There's actually some in my family. Um, and, and this is probably leaning more towards the organization as well, where you see those people in their offices and they've got this stack of papers all over the place and they know exactly what stack, what pile, and they reach in and pull out that exact file and they operate perfectly in that environment. Now, someone like myself, it drives me crazy, but it works for them. And then I'll pull it back to the time management piece. There are people out there in the world that go, I don't worry too much about time management. I just handle the closest alligator to the boat. And when I get to it, I get to it. What's hot right now, I get to it. There's people like me who are on the other extreme where it's just like, I need a schedule. I need a timeline. What's happening next? I got this. Boom, 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 boom. And it just helps my mind to stay organized. So if you were to be asked the question, uh, sounds like an obvious question, but why is time management important to everyone if there are people in the world that operate the other way? that don't focus too much on the schedule. Yeah, um, I would say that they they actually are doing time management. They are focusing on the schedule because there is something that's gonna drive them to make that change and they're probably just not being overly factual um, at that point. I, I think time management's important to everyone as I, as I stated, because you only have 24 hours in a day. You only have so many days in which you're, you're uh, fortunate to have the blessing that is life on this earth and so, you know, how you spend that, how you invest that uh, should be based on the priorities, many priorities, whether it's your personal priorities, your your resiliency priorities, your professional priorities. And so I think time management is important, but you hit on a key aspect, which is do you have a process that works for you. Mm. It does not work for your bride. It will not. Yeah. 
right? You can be a leader of an organization and, you know, one day you're going to hold a guide on as a, as a commander in the world's greatest Air Force, hopefully. Uh, and you're going to have priorities on your time because your boss is going to have an opinion, you know, and, and that's not going to work for every person in your formation. Hmm. I think for us as individuals, it's understanding that. I mean, you and your bride have been together a while. Um, and so how do you two understand the demands of, of your time? Same thing. My, my wife and I are coming up on 23 years of marriage. She was active duty for six years, reserved for seven years. We went to college together. We 100% approach time differently. Mm. Mm. Um, so to that, to that end, I, I think it's having a little grace to understand that time management can and should mean different things to different people. Right, and, right. And from a leadership lens, the best perspective on that I have is everybody knows the golden rule, which is treat others as you want to be treated. Well, there's a better thing, which is called the platinum rule, which is treat others as they want to be treated. Like and so it. from a time management perspective, if you were to apply the platinum rule, it would be to give people the grace to do what they need to do with their time in their manner, but understand there's a boundary on that, right? Like mm -hmm. you can't have somebody like, here's a task to do in a week. Yeah, but take a month. Yeah, that's not really how that works. Right? right, that's right. And I have a great story about how I blew that off. My squadron commander re recaged my gyros quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love the, the the point about you know what works for one may not work for the other. Uh, I've had the 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 pleasure of working for uh, two different four stars who were all they were both great in their own right, but it was amazing to watch how they managed time uh, differently, and it was uh, impactful and effective in both ways. You know, there was one that had this twenty four hour. Uh, breakout for his day. As you mentioned, you only get 24 hours in a day. And he was very, very stringent upon two hours of working out in the morning and then eight hours in the office. And I go home, I have four hours of time with my wife and then, you know, so on and so forth, all the way to the how much sleep you get. And it worked out perfectly. And then there was another who, uh, I, one of my primary roles was to help with the strategic calendar. You know, sir, you should go to this event. You must go to this event. This is a nice to go to. And when we do our schedule reviews, his wife, would show up to some of those meetings and his wife would go, Hey, that's not a good week uh, because we have this wedding that we need to attend. Uh, remember X, Y, and Z. So it helped to keep that balance for the personal and the professional aspect of it, which brings me to my next point. Um, while one thing may work for one leader and something may work differently for another, each one of those people had different um, leadership skills and traits that, you know, worked for their type of leadership style. So when it comes to time management and all the assets that we have. There's some people out there that have great mentorship skills, great leadership skills, uh, great speaking skills, uh, connectedness. They, everybody has different things. Out of all of those assets, and we throw in time management, do you think that time management is the most important asset or the most valuable asset compared to all of the other skills and talents that we possess in the world. Does that drive all the others? Um, no. It, and, and it goes back to my, my opening part where I think it comes down to priorities. Because, you know, say you, all those things that you articulated exist in the same person. She or he is going to need to prioritize their time. So maybe prioritization is a part of time management. Maybe I'm teasing out a part that I shouldn't put, put for. Maybe they're uh, synonymous. Um, so I think the priority piece is is good. I think 
priorities change, right? Mm. And you can be misprioritized personally or professionally. You can have poor time management from one perspective or another. Um, you know, my, my bride likes to tell the story or, or opine about, you know, she has like five things she wants to do in a day. And, and she goes, okay, so I'm going to do this with child number one. Um, and then she starts doing that and she realizes that child number three needs something else. And so she transitions to that and then child number six needs something else. And then she transitions to that. And then we get a call from child number eight or, you know, like within, within the time she'll look back and she'll be like, dude, it's been five hours. I didn't accomplish any of the things <laughs> that I started out to do because there were different and shifting priorities. It's not that her time management, it's that the priorities adjusted. Mm. And it's kind of hard to go, yeah, you know what? That's not going to work for me because like I allocated two hours and we have busted it. So I'm gone. Mm. Um, this goes back to four star A. Um, I think I worked for four star B in your story. Uh, but <laughs> four star A who, you know, if in that situation, um, two hours of working out wasn't going to work because, you know, there there's always somebody above them called the meeting. Well, guess what? That two hours can change. They're probably not going to go, yeah, I'm not going to make it because I got like this gym time. And, you know, so it becomes a priority. Mm. So, mm. Yes, it's important. I don't think it's the most important, um, but it um, it definitely is highly influential. I see. I see. I, I like that. And, you know, your lovely bride, uh, she tries to do something very similar to my lovely bride and say, I'm going to take Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be my admin day or within this day, I'm going to take four hours to do X, Y and Z. And as best you can, you try to uphold to that standard. But things change and you're right. Priorities change. And so so before I dive into the next question, can you enlighten us on how many children you have? Because I don't oh. want the audience to think that you're just making it up when you said child number three and then child number eight. So how many children do you have? Yeah, my wife and I are fortunate to be the parents of nine children. Yes, they're all ours. Yes, same mom and dad. Yes, uh, nine pregnancies. No cheating. We didn't have any twins. <laughs> um, we have six sons, three daughters. Our boys are 21, 19, 17, 14, 11, and 10. And our girls are eight, about to turn um, six um, in two weeks, and then four. So we changed diapers for 21 straight years. We had one that just finished college and gets married in July. And so, um, you know, it's pretty amazing, but, uh, we made nine different versions of ourselves, which, uh, <laughs> I will tell you it comes with its own intricacies and challenges. There you go. So ladies and gentlemen, as you can see the king and queen of time management, and that's why I brought him on the show. So you, you referenced a second ago about your wife and said, Hey, I'm going to allocate time to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to bring it back to the professional environment. Um, what is your philosophy on having your people? Cause you've led a lot of wonderful people. Um, what is your philosophy on having people stay until the job or task gets done? Or is it, hey, you do what you can in the allotted time that you have, and then you come back and it'll be here tomorrow. As a family man, do you lean more towards that? Or do you believe in, hey, you need to stay here until the job gets done? Yeah, I think uh, you alluded to this earlier as kind of a clock watching thing. Uh, so when I, was, uh, when I was fortunate to be a squadron commander, um, it was pretty funny. Uh, one of the stairwells in our compound and in our main building uh, from the second floor was right outside my, shared the wall with my office. And I didn't even have to look at a clock. I knew each day when it was four o'clock because my radio shop would all come streaming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and so I talked to the flight commander. It was a flight of 110 people. And I talked to the flight commander. I'm like, hey, what, what's going on? Are they just waiting for four? Uh, and and he goes, uh, he goes, yes. And I'm like, okay, well, let's stop that right now. And he goes, oh, okay, so 4.30. I'm like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. Like, uh, we're going to get the time. Um, we're going to get that time back from them because of the nature of our mission. We could be digging trenches for 13 hours, climbing towers to repair cable uh, for eight hours. Um, they're going to be on the road. They're, they're away. You know, the average member of our, our squadron was gone about 240 to 250 days out of the year. And if you took out the folks that didn't travel, it's closer to 280 to 300 days out of the year. And so I said, you know, I'm going to get that time back. I don't, I don't want them sitting there watching the clock. If they're completed with the tasks that they need for the day, all their training is current. They're ready to go for their next mission. Go home. And then if you have something that comes up in your family um, and you can attend it, go. You know, your son, daughter, bride, mom, cousin, whatever, is going to remember that you were there. You are never going to remember what you did when you missed that. Mm. Oh, it was a two-hour step, which is ridiculous. Mm. You know, you're never going to remember that. And so take the time. Now, to be fair, I'm completely hypocritical. Uh, there have been many a time where I have not followed that advice. And maybe it's with maturity um, over time. Maybe it's with, you know, a different focus. Maybe it's with my bride reminding me for the one million time. Um, but, you know, I tell this story where I... Um, where I failed my wife on time management and prioritization uh, when we were both active duty lieutenants and stationed in Colorado. I worked mm. at Shine Mountain. My wife worked at Trever, uh, both in the same career field. And my wife was really sick. Um, we had just the two older boys at the time. They were little. And I came, I was on shift work. So it was two days, two swings, two mids. And so Aaron was really sick. And uh, the boys were little, the older boys were little, and we had a squadron intramural football game. Mm. And I mm. was the quarterback and coach. Now, to be fair, we never scored a single touchdown all season. <laughs> the only touchdowns I threw were to the opposing team, uh, but uh, we had such a block. And uh, my wife is really bad sick. She's laying on the couch, and you know, I come downstairs, ready to go. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, so I got intramural football. And she's like, Jim, like, I'm really sick like i'm like yeah that's unfortunate but the kids are okay but i got i got football to play and she goes uh jim i really need you here and i'm like maybe you don't know because you've never been part of a team mm. uh, but that mm. team is counting on me i walked out the door i failed my most important team yeah to be there for my other team. and and so i will tell you that was a time management piece that was a priority piece uh that was also a big failure piece. And so to your other thing Back to clock watch. I do not like clock because use your time for something else. Mm. Uh, yes, get the task done. If the task is not going to be complete today, if you know you are going to need to work on it tomorrow, then make a logical decision when to go home. I'm not saying like go home at three o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever, but there are times where taking a step back actually allows us to leap forward then continuing to mire in the situation. There's a great book out there, which I was probably going to reference later, but now is an appropriate time, which is called Deep Work, written by Cal Newport. Um, and I read that a couple years ago when I was a, a fellow um, at a think tank uh, at, a, at a school where I was working on a, I wrote, I wrote a book while I was there and I was working on my doctorate while I was there and was um, um, auditing some classes and adjuncting on some classes. And 
And I, I think reading that book was very important to me because I learned that I could do things in short sprints if I focus, right? So I also teach grad school as a side hustle right now. And so I, I know that if I, if I go spend an hour separate, I can really get through some stuff. I learned working on my dissertation. If I would go to Starbucks and I don't drink coffee, but if I go to Starbucks and put my headphones on and I sat down at my paper, I could turn out 20 pages of a dissertation in less than two hours. But if I was at home, I'm getting mm. like a page every four hours. Mm. And so that worked for me. And, and you know, I kind of do that at work. Uh, when I get into work first thing in the morning before my deluge of meetings occurs, um, I get changed for the uniform of the day in my office and I keep my door closed and I dive into email. That is my deep work time. And my team knows that. They'll hit me on Messenger if, if I'm needed, if something pressing is needed is needed, but I will dive in. I will turn through email because that's the time that I do that. I am hmm. not going to do that in the middle of the day. I'm going to walk around and visit the people I'm fortunate to serve as in my current role. I'm going to go to a death by meetings, nine, seven, 10 of those a day or whatever. Um, and so, but that worked for me to do that. And so I recommend that to people um, to look at it, but to, to your main point, I, I'm not a fan of clock watching because that articulates that we haven't conveyed to our teammates that what we value most is them and their time. And we have to be willing to let them go early because we'll get that time back. Later. And I think that wow. that investment of time in your people will pay bigger dividends than grinding them into the ground and having them watch. Them. Wow. You've uh, you've dropped a whole bunch of knowledge bombs on me. And uh, no, no, this is really good because, uh, first of all, thank you for being very transparent, sir, uh, with, you know, social media and, and things like that. We often highlight the goodness and, you know, it can paint a, um, a negative picture for others to say, hey, we're looking at them. Their lives are perfect. They never make mistakes. You know, I always tell people that social media makes everyone's lives look great and the news makes the world seem so bad. And, you know, you've got to find that that happy medium. And I bring that up to say thank you for sharing and being transparent with uh, what you called, uh, you know, your priority failure, uh, because be transparent or being transparent on my side. Very, very recently, uh, I had a very similar scenario where in my mind, I thought that I was doing all the right things, but I wasn't necessarily doing things right. And and so my wife actually came to me and said, hey, I don't feel like a priority right now. I don't feel like your top priority right now. And she very similarly said something to me. And I was like, what, what do you mean? You know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And immediately, you know, I put my defenses up because I'm like, well, I got to do this and I got these people are counting on me, so on and so forth. But you know, to be able to hear it from someone uh, of senior leadership like yourself to say, hey, here's where I, you know, misstepped and I, I adjusted fire, uh, I think is really good for me and, and hopefully the listeners as well. You know, at the end of the day, when we take off our, whether it's our suits or our uniforms, uh, we, the family is what's going to still be there remaining if we do it right. And so ultimately, we've got to figure out how to prioritize and put our Family first, you know. I always tell. I used to tell people, service for before self uh, also means service to your family, and it doesn't necessarily mean service to your career. And so, uh, I think it's been very helpful for you to really kind of share that. 
And I know we talked about clock watchers as well. Uh, I think we also have to make sure that we're not necessarily clock watching at home. And it's like, okay, I hit the one hour time hack with my wife. I just watched TV for one hour and now it's time to go do the next thing too. <laughs> and so I've been, yeah. I've been guilty of that because in my mind, I'm like, I'm balancing. I'm actually allocating time. And, you know, very specifically, my wife said, I don't want to feel like a check mark, you know? And so, so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank yeah, you for I like that. I like to phrase it. Uh, I started saying this recently uh, um, in forums, and then my bride over overheard it and uh, provided me some feedback. But I used to say, you know, I've had uh, a 23 year. My wife and I are coming up on 20, 23 years of marriage, and I've, I've just been in the military for over 23 years. And I said, you know, I've had a 23 year affair on my wife, and my mistress has been in the Air Force. <laughs> and I said that one time when my wife was too close and she goes, yeah, and your mistress has never been as good to you as I am. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was great. And, and so earlier when you were talking as well, I know I gave you uh, the grand entrance, but I also realized, um, you know, as I put things into context that I left out uh, a couple of things because I, I gave out this huge list of all the things that you're juggling and managing effectively. Uh, and that's that's family, that's career, that's, you know, you earning your doctorate and all that stuff. But I forgot to mention, yeah, you, you wrote a book, uh, you're, you're teaching on the side. So that just continues to add to the the things that you somehow are able to manage. So I know you talked about it and I I, I kind of heard was sometimes you have to seclude yourself in order to be more productive because uh, I am a fan of multitasking. I feel like I can multitask pretty well. Um, but then again, there's that side where people go, actually, you're not as you're not being as effective and as impactful as you think when you're trying to do four things at once, when you can really just allocate some time to do one thing, which will make time for the other three effectively. And so that brings me to you doing all of those things, doctorate, teaching, family, uh, being a great husband, community activist, just a lot. Right. And I know you talked about it, but if you could sum it up, like, what is it that is allowing you to be able to manage your time properly? Like what, what is that secret sauce? Yeah, I don't sleep. Uh, I mean, it, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a four to five hour a night person. Um, and so um, I don't do schoolwork um, typically until after we put our five littles and middles to bed. Um, and, um, and, you know, I'll sit on the couch and I'll, um, I can do some, some shallow work with school or with, you know, the book group or, or whatever. Um, I also take it, I, I multitask in different ways. So I, I like to run. I don't, I don't drink coffee. So if I don't run in the morning and, and lift weights, I'm kind of behind the jet um, all day. And so I'm usually listening to books um, there. And so, as you know, I put out a, a book list and a podcast list every month. And, and so I, I kind of, double tap there. Um, I also, I take some time to reflect. Um, so on my commute every day, um, I start by reading the, uh, the readings of the day and then I pray a rosary. That's, a, that's an important part of our faith. And so I do that on my way into work. If I'm, if I'm traveling, um, I'll do that. That's how I start each one of my morning runs. If I'm traveling, um, before I dive into a book and that kind of frames me for the day, it kind of gives me a set point. Um, but to be fair, uh, my wife recently corrected me, you know, 20 plus years, I've been getting up at 4 a.m. and and disappearing to go to the gym on base or uh, and then going into work from there. Um, and coming into this assignment, my wife was 
pushed me to kind of build a home gym. Um, and so I built a gym in our garage. Um, and I now get up with her actually. And we start our day together. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll have some reflection time together and then we'll work out and the same thing. And then my workouts are a little bit longer than hers. And so she'll go in and start getting the littles ready to go. Um, then I'll come in and, you know, help get the kids on. And now I'm actually taking the time to get the kids on the bus. Um, unless there's some work priority that changes that and then I'm leaving for work. And so, um, I think, you know, your, your initial question is what is it? It, it goes back to priority, mm. but I, my priorities are not always in the right place. You know, there, I might be physically there. I, but I might not be mentally there. Right? Mm. And, you know, even this morning, um, I had a lot going on with, uh, one of my students in my class and, um, you know, my, one of my sons started his first job this morning. So we wanted to get up and, and take pictures. Cause as you know, I take pictures of everybody. Uh, <laughs> take pictures of him going out the door. He's, he's going to be a lifeguard, um, uh, at the, at the local base and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But I knew I needed to dive into working with one of my students. And then, uh, you know, my littles got up and so they're wanting my attention, but I'm trying to do this thing. And so quite honestly, I, I was short with them. Um, mm, and, mm. My wife came downstairs to recage my gyros on it uh, and uh, to correct my behavior, right? Because in that one thing where I'm trying to do deep work, my kids needed me and I couldn't transition from that. And so this goes back to how we open. If it's that one thing, it's probably a priority. Mm-hmm. Like I will trade less sleep to work out because I know that I need that. Mm. I know on days that I don't exercise because I'm not a coffee drinker, I will be lethargic. I will. That is the thing that, you know, I'll put six, seven, eight, ten miles on, on my feet because that is my, that that's what gets me going. And on days that I don't do that, I am behind. And so there have been nights where I've only gotten three hours of sleep because I still wanted to get up and keep on my battle rhythm mm. uh, to keep my body in that mode. And so, it, it all comes down to the one piece being priority and understanding that it can change. Although I'm still askewed with my priorities on, on any a day. <laughs> I, I understand. And somehow you still manage to find some time to watch the Georgia Bulldogs win championships every year. So, you know, I appreciate you for taking the time and carving time out to do that. I really, well, appreciate you know, it. it's, it's important to watch those moments that are so rare. In <laughs> So that you could say, you know, where you were, you know, cause the next time you guys are on like a 40 year average. Uh, and so, you know, the next time I will be very, very seasoned in life and I can, I can, I'll probably barely be able to speak. I'll be able to articulate. I remember the last time the Georgia Bulldogs. Were in it. Well, I'll, I'll, during that time, my LSU Tigers won six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of them. Hey, that, that's fair, sir. That's fair. I will tell you, you you will definitely be very cognizant next next year. You won't be as old as you think. <laughs> so, so, we'll sir, I want to take a. Kelly's got us going a good fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hear you. I hear you. I want to take a really quick opportunity, though. Uh, we've kind of grazed over it a little bit, but can you tell the audience uh, one the name of your book and two the name of your podcast? Yeah, so the book is <laughs> super boring. It, it's really good if, like, you got a table that's off balance and you need to put something under the <laughs> table. It's called Developing 
cyberspace cyberspace strategy informed by historic strategists. So I'm mm. not like a good title maker. So I studied um, four strategists: Thucydides, Yomini, uh, Alfred Thayer Mahan, who was the naval strategist, versus Father, who was an um, infantry strategist, and Herman Kahn, the nuclear strategist. His team is the one that came up with the um, escalation letter and a uh, nuclear escalation letter. And so I kind of looked at how they did strategy. Um, and then I kind of looked at offensive cyber and defensive cyber. Um, Thucydides was um, pure power and interest or Thucydides trap, um, great power, rise of great power. And I kind of analyzed those four and said, okay, if I understand at their core from a case study methodology, the way they did offensive versus defensive, how would I apply that to um, cyber operations? Mm. Um, and then, and then, um, and then I kind of teased out, okay, if you were to mold all of them, what would you do? And, um, it would be to kind of identify those things that matter most to you in the domain, array your defenses around that and be ready to respond, um, in kind to protect those things. I've applied those methodologies each time since I wrote that book that I've been assist. Now, to be fair, if I was to rewrite that book today, because I wrote that while I was starting my doctorate, my writing would be better. Um, and also to be fair and super embarrassed, um, I asked ChatGPT the other day about it, uh, and uh, the result was much better. Uh, and it came out a lot faster. Uh, and so, uh, you know, probably it's easier to just go to ChatGPT. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I did that, and then... Um, you know, obviously my dissertation is out there, but my dissertation is on the, um, the role of private foundations in high school education. And I did three case studies. One is Towson, Maryland, which is a suburb of Baltimore. One is Mountain View, California, because we lived in Silicon Valley at the time. And the other one is Houston. Mm. Uh, and I kind of looked at what is the value of private foundations to students, to teachers, to the school district, um, and, and, and how do we move forward with that? And there's a great book out there by Dr. Uh, Rakao called Follow the Money, and she analyzed um, how money is invested in the New York school system and the Los Angeles school system. Mm. Um, It's pretty fascinating work um, because what what you find is there's a lot of foundations that will only contribute into school districts if they will teach what they want them to teach Mm. or uh, if they will use the books that they want them to use. Mm. Um, It's very interesting as I looked at Houston Independent School District Foundation uh, they were averaging about 28 million uh, per year into the school district to support like 332 schools. Um, but weirdly enough, when you look at who donates, there's five or six other school districts in the country that donate to that foundation. Hmm. They're not in Texas, which wow. I was like, well, how does that even work? Uh, but it's pretty fascinating work. Uh, but yeah, so the primary book is the cyberspace one, and it probably serves best if un- unbal- unbalanced paper. I have a lot of uh, affiliation with everything you just listed. Uh, one, I've studied uh, a great deal of the theorists that you just mentioned, uh, the Cities and you know Mahan and all those folks here at the uh, the school that I'm attending right now. And being a cyber professional, uh, I never really connected those things together. So I will have to check that out because I've actually kind of been studying those two things individually. Uh, and then lastly, uh, my wife, who is a former educator who has a doctorate in education, I kind of uh, by affiliation have been kind of listening to those. Types Type of things as well. So lots of uh, personal connections there with me. Um, but I know you also have a podcast. Um, can you talk to us very quickly about your podcast as well? Yeah, so it's a it's more of a Zoom cast. I'm trying to make that work. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's called Landyap Leadership Discussion. So Landyap uh, and uh, Cajunese is a little something extra. 
Um, and so I just bring in different speakers um, where we add a little bit, something extra. We had a Medal of Honor winner, Flo Groberg, um, who was the first Medal of Honor recipient um, in Afghanistan. Mm. Um, we had him back in January. We had one of our favorite mentors, Brigadier General T.A. Adams. Uh, recently, um, I had a, a buddy of mine who is a small business owner, a retired Air Force officer, owns a company called Dartworks in, in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, had one of my first mentors, General Joe McFall, who's recently re retired, Magoo McFall. And, um, and so we just kind of bring them in and, and kind of talk through. I had Kim Casey Campbell was my last guest. Uh, she just wrote a book. She's a retired uh, A-10 pilot who was, uh, her A-10 was shot uh, over Iraq. And uh, she's very big into the leadership scene. Uh, and she wrote a book about courageous leadership. Uh, recently, it was just published about eight, eight or nine weeks ago. Um, so she was actually my last guest. And so just an opportunity to bring people in. Um, leadership is my uh, is one of my uh, preferred side hustles. Uh, my doctorate of education is focused on leadership and management. So um, it's just an opportunity to kind of opine about leadership, get other perspectives, and it's available out on YouTube. Just type in Landmap Leadership Discussions. Uh, you'll find it. Very good, sir. Uh, the most interesting man in the world. So uh, I want to I want to afford an opportunity before we wrap up um, to offer any advice to our viewers, listeners, if uh, with regard to time management, do you have any advice on how to effectively manage time, um, balancing professional personal life or just struggling with life balancing or time management as a whole? Um, you're in the elevator and you get a chance to advise the person in the elevator with you. What advice would you leave them with? Yeah, first off, time management is about you at the center. It's your time, it's your resource. And so you have to you have to prioritize that and you have to be willing to understand that the methodology that works for you today probably won't work in a week or two weeks because it's temporal in nature, hence the time component, but also there's things that shift your priorities. Um, and so it there's many methodologies, maybe sit back, taking a moment to think about it and to prioritize one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine things. Um, and then figure out what portion of your time you're going to dedicate to that. But then how do you make adjustments when that plan does not survive contact with the adversary, which is other competing priorities. And so sit down, have that discussion with yourself. Um, and then also understand what are the things that you're going to allow to adjust. That. And if it's your family, if it's your faith, if it's your will-begotten sports team, whatever it is that, that focus that then allow that, allow that prioritization, allow like, hey, my spouse and your kids, my, my bride should should be the biggest influencer on my time prioritization over, you know, whatever, um, watching a Georgia bull. <laughs> that definitely would be very low. On the <laughs> Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that. Uh, before I let you go, I've got my very quick 10 second speed round questions that I like to ask when I end uh, each and every show and it's called what do you prefer so first thing that comes to mind when I ask, ask you these questions number one when it comes to pizza do you prefer fruit or no fruit the pizza yes uh, pineapple if possible okay so you know that's, usually that's the fruit that people choose the most basketball greatness LeBron or Michael Jordan oh Michael Jordan yes Mike, Not even Mike, Michael Jordan Not number even three close. books audio or paperback Audio to absorb, paperback to hold. Oh, I like it. Uh, number four, I know you do a lot of running, but when it comes to working out, do you prefer leg day or arm day? Nobody prefers leg day. Nobody. 
<laughs> Nobody. Uh, so uh, I work in squats into everything because I'm afraid of leg day because I know I can't function for three days. So <laughs> arms is preferred, and I just worked in you know a couple hundred squats. Very good. Number five, and none of the above is okay for this answer. When it comes to libations, do you prefer a cocktail or a glass of wine? Yeah, so I actually don't drink, so none of the above. Um, so I'm a water guy. Uh, there's a standard joke in our organization. Um, I can't stand uh, carbonated water. So there's a uh, there's a couple of officers in our formations that hand deliver carbonated water to my office. <laughs> Periodically, I fight the court. Very nice. Number six, as a comm and IT professional, uh, when it comes to communication, do you prefer text or phone call? Uh, text to initiate a phone call. Oh, okay. Very good. Travel. We talked about travel earlier. Um, do you prefer a road trip or take a flight? Uh, uh, take a flight so that I can spend more time in the place that I'm I like it. I like it. Number eight, uh, you're wearing one, I'm wearing the other. Do you prefer a t-shirt or a polo? Oh yeah, t-shirt. I'm only wearing a polo. Like there's a t-shirt on, I'm taking this polo off right after. <laughs> gotcha. Number nine, heroes, Superman or Iron Man? That usually, that usually makes people think for a minute. Yeah, I, I got to go with Superman um, because... He has all that you want going for him, including character. And I think Iron Man's character flaws, his hubris, um, is a mission detriment that Superman didn't have. I have never heard it put that way before. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, number 10, music, last but not least. Vinyl or digital? Oh, man. I, I got to go with digital because we only have one way to play vinyl in our house. We got it for our old soul 14 year old um, and the collection's not there. So I, I got to go with it. Okay. Well, awesome, sir. First of all, thank you for playing along. Uh, I like ending on a fun note. Um, but secondly, in the interest of time, I appreciate you finding some time, carving some time to spend with us on Simsation Nation and just really sharing your wealth of knowledge. Uh, I look up to you as a person, uh, for one, but definitely as a mentor. And uh, I want to emulate some of the great things that you're doing. And uh, hopefully the audience has learned something as well. So we really appreciate you for coming on. Yeah. Hey, uh, Shooter, th thanks for this opportunity. And, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't look up to me too much. A, your color, man, I think. Uh, but B... Uh, you know, uh, be yourself, everybody else is taken, and you're pretty freaking awesome. So uh, I appreciate this opportunity uh, to be on uh, your podcast. I am a big fan. Um, I like to see her uh, on all the mediums. And so thanks for this opportunity. I'm, I'm sorry it took so long to get get into get on the same schedule with you, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for always leading for the front. Please give your bride a hug for me and continue to travel. I am living vicariously through your passport. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on Simsation Nation. Colonel Dr. Gumbo Coglin, sir. Again, thanks for coming on. Until next time, I'm out. Go Tiger.